This is the GGC Life podcast. I don't think you can read the scriptures without seeing the emphasis on the king and his kingdom. And if we've learned anything, we've learned that we need to stay true to the call, the mission, the mandate, the king and his kingdom. And it seems like everyone gets real busy with a whole lot of stuff and then the shakings take place and God reveals what's important and what's not. And I, I want to say, don't be distracted by what God's not doing because you're not able to see what he is doing. I do think we get so distracted with what's happening everywhere else, but we're not able to see what God is actually up to. Proverbs 19, you know the scripture, or Proverbs 29, 18, in the message version says, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, that's where they're most blessed. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But when people cannot see what God's up to, they fall all over themselves, stumble their way. But when we attend to what God is revealing, that's where we find the life of God. That's where we find what God is really all about. And here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, it says this. It says, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The Passion Translation says, I'll not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Verse 27, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, the words once more indicate that removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. The message says one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. I love the description of what God is about and what God's doing. Verse 28, here's our response. Therefore, because of this, the shakings, the bringing down, the taking out, the removing of what needs to, all that's created to be taken, so that which stands is His kingdom. And here's our response. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. You see, shaking reveals what we are anchored to. We don't know what we anchor to till things begin to shake. And I believe that the Lord is shaking and will shake and continues to shake. And and, and I have hated the shaking, but I've also enjoyed some of it because it's brought us back to what really matters. I wonder how many of us through these crazy times and seasons have actually gone to him in response to what the Hebrews writer has said. And we've thanked him and we stood in awe and reverence and awe and so worshipped him for our God is a consuming fire. Even through the shaking and the hating of what we've gone through. So many have questioned God. So many have turned away. So many have turned their hearts away from God and their backs on God. But our response is thank you. 
You're worthy. You're awesome. Our God is a consuming fire with reverence and all. We fall to our knees. And we acknowledge we are receiving an unshakable kingdom that is worthy of this king. And we give to praise him and honor him and worship him. Because we get to see what he is doing, not what he's not doing. See, God is shaking things up. And he shakes, I believe, things up to break things down. He shakes things up to break things up. He shakes to break down. He shakes to break up. There's a whole lot of breaking up that has happened through the season. And I think more breaking up. And I've loved it because sometimes we're so centered on our thing and the Lord will just shake it up to remind us and loosen it up to get back to what really matters. He shakes to break through. We've had some breakthroughs in this season. We've seen the stuff we've contended for and hoped for and fought for. And then suddenly in the shaking, breaking open, breaking through. There's breakthroughs that have come. And, and I just want to encourage us to see the hand of God and stuff and to begin to celebrate what He has done. Breakthrough. God also shakes to break open. I love Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, one of my favorite texts, and talks about this great God who we serve. And the Bible says that God opens doors that no man can shut. Don't you love that scripture? Hasn't that given you courage and hope through crazy stuff? That God is the great door opener, and He opens doors that no man can shut. But the same verse says, and He closes doors that no man can open. I've yet to hear preaching on the door closer. I've yet to. We blame the devil for every door closed and we thank God for every open door. But the same God who closes doors is the same God who opens doors. And we as God's people need to celebrate the door open and the door closed because God knows what He's doing. He's the great door opener and He's the great door closer. But He shakes to break open and to close some doors. He also, I believe, shakes to break in. He shakes to break in. He's breaking back into his church in Australia. He really is. I do believe that. There's a hunger. There's a real sense, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And the church has been consumed, if we're honest, with our thing, doing our thing. And how do we attract more people? And I'm all for those things. But can you imagine what a church would look like if it was built to attract God, not attract just people? It would be very different to the church we see in the Western culture where it's all the stuff to get people in. But I want to be attractive to God. I know God is everywhere, but God's breaking in. He wants His church back and He wants to meet with His people and He wants to contend and show and reveal His presence and His power in our midst, in our gatherings, in our out on the streets. But it's going to be a people who have a heart after God, not a people who have great facilities, buildings. And I'm grateful for these People are drawn to buildings. God is drawn to heart. I wonder what's in our hearts this morning. Are you pursuing Him? Not about professionalism, not about being great. It's simply a heart that is open and pursuing and expectant. Can you imagine what God can do when we come ready and willing and able and expectant? Not who's preaching, not what's the music going to be, what are the songs, just our hearts to say, we're in pursuit of you, God. And God shows up, friends. I love songs we sing. But I want to remind you, we don't, we don't attract God to be here. He calls us to worship Him. It's so often we present, come and worship. And, 
And then we kind of get the music going. I'm just being honest here. If that's okay, Leo, are you probably every... Uh, oh, I don't know when I'll be back. I'm coming in February, but maybe to Jimmy or somewhere else. But, but I just want to say that we get this thing going, and now God's going to... It's almost like we're rubbing the teapot, and the genie pops out. Now God's here. What do you need? But I'm just telling you, scripturally, we don't call Him to worship. He calls us to worship. He's here. He's everywhere and He's here. And in these moments, He calls us to Him. And we come to worship Him. We come to do what He wants. We come to connect with Him. He's already here. I love that one song, We are here for you. We are here for you, not you here for us. Hook me up, Father. I need a hookup this morning. No, no, I'm here for you. We fall on our faces, fall on our knees, because we are here for you. Breaking in, He's breaking back into His church. He's also shaking to break out. He wants His church to break out and be who He's called us to be. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, I think... Uh, Christine already quoted this, but it says this, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and He's brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In other words, some scriptures say we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into this kingdom of light, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So we are saved out of and we've been brought into. My dad was always on this thing, it's more important what you get saved into than what you get saved out of. And we so have testimony of what we've come from. But the greater testimony is what are we saved into? And we've been transferred and brought into, saved from, transferred from darkness, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. Notice that we've been rescued. Matthew 6, Jesus said, but seek first His kingdom. May I say, seek first His will. And His righteousness, His way. Seek first His will and His way. The kingdom and righteousness. And all these things will be added or given to you. See, seeking the kingdom is every believer's priority. Matthew 13 verse 44. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. Look at this. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had to buy that field. The kingdom is like a man who founds treasure. Now let me just tell you, when you find treasure, it's an awesome thing. But in order to get the treasure, he needed to sell everything he had, and then he needed to buy the land. But he bought the land because of the treasure. And here's what I want to challenge us with this morning. Don't forget what we carry. The value is the treasure, not the field. I see some miserable Christians. I see people who claim to be followers of Jesus and they're unhappy and they're grumpy and they're tolerating and they're not celebrating. And you say to them, what are you doing? I'm just serving the Lord. I want to tell you, you lose your joy if it's all about the church and about ministry and about stuff. The value is the kingdom. And we need to come back. I've met pastors. I'm preaching as a leader here. 
I've lost my way and got exhausted and unhappy and grumpy with people and regions and cities and nations. Because, and then it's the Lord reminding me, the value is the kingdom. You lose the value. Don't be mowing the lawns and taking care of a land given to you that you bought everything in joy. The reason you have that land is because of the kingdom. The kingdom gives you significance to everything else that you do, my friend. Don't lose your way. But suffering for those who seek to advance the kingdom. It's a characteristic of God's kingdom here on earth, this suffering. In Acts 14, the apostles and they went to these places and they encouraged and strengthened them to remain true to the faith. And you know what their message of encouragement was? We must go through many hardships. Now people say, oh, that's old covenant. No, that was after the resurrection when Jesus went to heaven and the disciples went and preached. Their message was hardship awaits those who are about the kingdom of God. Hardship. Now, how many of you know if it's churchship, if it's all about the church, hardship comes, people are gone. They're not coming back. Why? Because it's all about church. You're not going to hang around for church. But if your message is kingdom, people will endure hardship because they understand kingdom is what matters for eternity. Not amen. I don't expect amens for suffering, but it's there. And I think the hour is drawing nearer for the reality of suffering coming to the church in the West. Not to live in fear, but we're going to see people fall away. According to Matthew 24, fall away. And it's not a fear thing. If you are kingdom focused, suffering, enduring, not the wrath of God. We, we, not, we don't carry the wrath of God. We're not facing God's wrath. But there is suffering. Number six, sending and multiplying. I just want to say, church without a kingdom vision eventually becomes selfish and self-serving. Every church that starts out with a big heartbeat of the nations and the cities and what can we do, very quickly become self-serving, very quickly if you're not kingdom. The only thing that keeps us going and sending is kingdom. This multiplication, you got people down there in Blacktown and other towns and there's more cities and regions and not just sites, church plants and sending people, multiplication. Friend, you've got to understand the kingdom is a multiplicated, a multiplied kingdom. It's not one big church. It's people being sent, people walking, people going. If, if your church focuses all about how we gather, if your kingdom focuses, how do we send? It's all about growth or it's about impact. Are you all about growth? Then you're church focus. If it's all about impact, then you're kingdom focus. Addition, multiplication, get or give, keep, release, goal orientated or Christ orientated. I've got a whole list here. I haven't got time, but shakeable, unshakable. If you church focused, may I step on toes? Branding is your thing. If you're kingdom focused, glorifying is your thing. If your church focus, it's pressure. We are under pressure to make things happen. If your kingdom focus, it's presence. If your church focus, it's excellence that draws people. If your kingdom focus, it's authenticity that attracts people. Fill buildings or fill the earth. Control order, implode, empower, gather, go, stay, send. Leaders of the church or church leaders in the world. And let me just tell you the big one. If you are about the church, you live to please her. If you're about the kingdom, you live to please him. And my last point is this. I think for me, one of the greatest things about the kingdom, honestly for me, is the life of significance. We have significance when you understand kingdom. 
If you're church-focused, it's all about what you do here on a Sunday. And I'm grateful for all these people. I'm grateful I get to preach here. But let me just tell you this. What I'm doing this morning is part of it. And if we're church-focused, well, then this guy's the man. But God's a kingdom-focused guy. We are all equal in God's kingdom. You are all significant, not what you do on a Sunday. Yes, we need to be together on a Sunday, but not what's your role Sunday. What's your role in the kingdom? Every day when you walk through those doors, being the kingdom people, understanding significance. And for so long, I, like other preachers, have said, if you die tonight, where would you spend eternity? And that's a great truth, and it's a real truth, and it matters how you respond, because you decide where you spend eternity, not God. He has made every way for us, but you determine where you spend eternity. But we've often left it there. If you die tonight, where will you spend eternity? I want to say, if we understand kingdom understanding, then if you wake up tomorrow, which is probably more likely, not guaranteed, but more likely, if you wake up tomorrow, who or what will you live for? As important as if you die tonight. Why do we leave salvation and kingdom life to death? You died with Him in order that you may live with Him. We don't just rescued from darkness. We've been rescued into the kingdom of light. So my challenge to sinners this morning, but also to believers, most likely you'll wake up tomorrow. And here's the challenge. Who or what will you live for? And when you get kingdom understanding, every single moment of every single day matters. Even if you work for Pharaoh and you go and bosses a heathen and hates you and you hate school and you hate whatever you're part of, the significance of everyday life. God's understanding of kingdom helps me understand every moment is significant. And I want a life of significance. They say 40 years. The first 40 years of your life is all about success. And then they say the next 40 years is all about significance. Midlife crisis. Boom. What's the point? I had that in lo- earlier than 40. But why do we have to wait 40 years? to start looking at significance. Why can't we teach generations, my sons and my children's children, why can't we begin to teach the church on being successful in significant things from the moment you're born again? You can carry significance every moment of your life when you carry the revelation of the kingdom of God. It matters, you matter. and We need to live our lives every day like the kingdom exists and that we have a role to play in the king. Can we just close our eyes? Can I pray, Leo? Is that okay? Can you just close your eyes for a minute? I'm not going to get all weird. I, I just want to say this. The kingdom of God requires a response. It's the rule and the reign. It's not some tag on. It's not some religious duty. It's not religion at all. In actual fact, the kingdom liberates us from religion. Church stuff makes us religious. Not because you're here this morning, but because the Lord wants to invite you into a moment that actually you can move from religion to freedom again. Only in the kingdom, only in the kingdom of God, only in the kingdom of God does surrender bring victory. What I've learned is that surrender releases God's presence in me But obedience releases His presence through me. 
Some of us are talking about obedience, but we haven't actually got to a place of surrender. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.